a listener production. An entrancing new exhibition has just opened at Loom, Melbourne's immersive digital gallery, where 650 spectacular works by more than 110 First Nations artists have been brought to life. We're going to hear all about it shortly. Before we do, let's head to Flinders Lane. Apollo Inn is the highly anticipated new bar from Andrew McConnell and partner Joe McCann, which recently opened its doors. McConnell originally described it when we first heard about the bar when there was no name given yet as a kind of sister or sibling to Gimlet, which is his incredibly popular, very beautiful and very acclaimed restaurant on the corner of Flinders Lane and Russell Street. I have been to Apollo Inn and so is our guest today, Michael Harry, Broadsheet's national editor. And I would argue that it feels quite different from Gimlet. It feels like a destination in its own right. It's far more old world. It's far more intimate. I know they've described it as a sibling, but I really feel like it's its own place. And you kind of have that feeling as soon as you step off Flinders Lane, you go into this small lobby and in front of you is a closed always closed, cognac door with Apollo Inn kind of spelled out on reeded glass above. And kind of the minute you walk in, you're like, this is something different for Melbourne. Yeah, I have to say I was chomping at the bit uh, just to, to have something new and shiny and flash open in Melbourne. It's, it's been a bit of a quiet year um, for these kinds of openings anyway. And anything with Andrew McConnell attached to it, is, you know it's going to be good. And he's really delivered on this one. Um, it's it's quite small. It's, it's intimate. It's only 28 seats. But it's kind of like McConnell meets the Everly. So, like, it's an ode to the cocktail and the cocktail bar. It's very slinky. It's very sexy. And, and yeah, I had heard quite a lot about it in the lead up. And uh, I still don't think anything quite prepares you for arriving at those double doors. I mean, expect to see them on Instagram, like, ad nauseum. Um, they're beautiful. They're like some kind of couch or something, like a Chesterfield. The design is by Acme Studios, who did Gimlet, which is just 50 metres down the road. And they've done a beautiful job. It's kind of really retro, like an old school, like um, New York hotel or a it's members quite, club or something like that. It's quite like clubby. That. I think that's the feeling you get, especially because you kind of have to push through those doors. And then the minute you go through those doors, there's this little hallway and then there's some curtains and you do walk in and because of all the timber panelling, it's very low lit. It does feel have like this kind of clubby atmosphere. Yeah, it's like the adult contemporary of bars, you know, um, like that, those velvet curtains that you push through and there's just one bar dominating one side and then this incredible banquette that wraps around the other side. Yeah, it's um, quite curvy. It kind yeah. of curves in and out. It's like an old limousine or something, like very leathery and cool, like super dark, those frilly ruffled little lamps. I mean, whoever does the lighting, they really know what they're doing. Like yeah. everyone looks kind of hot, you know, <laughs> it's like like manufactured candlelight. Actually, I think there are can- real candles in there too. Yeah. It's very that and sort of jazz tinkling on the stereo, linen napkin. They take your coat. It's all just very civilised. It's very civilised. And McConnell and his Trader House team are so considered. I mean, they are meticulous. Cameron Parrish, who was the Gimlet Bar manager's come across. Michael, you've had a few of the drinks. Yes, I did. I've been twice now. And yeah, a couple of cocktails both times. Um, so yeah, Cameron Parrish did the cocktails and he's the bar manager at Gimlet, but also worked at the Everly, which makes sense. And Leanne Altman did the wine list. So it's, it's pretty compact, but you kind of can't really go wrong. Like it's heroing martinis first and foremost. So there's four different martinis, very simple, cold, elegant, strong drinks. 
Obviously, Andrew made the Gimlet brand new again at Gimlet, and I think at Apollo Inn, he's doing the same for the Gibson. So that's Tanqueray Gin, Dry Vermouth, and Cucumber Brine, so it's quite savoury and delicious. And there's also the Dirty Martini, which has that Four Pillars Olive Leaf Gin in it, um, and, and plenty of brine and salt. There's a dry, dry, dry martini and a cafe. They're not calling it Espresso Martini, because that's a little bit too common. <laughs> One that Andrew was really excited about, which was really interesting and when I went with my partner, that was the first thing he had, was the Picon Bière. Basically, it's a it's a French lager, like a very crisp French lager, already delicious. And they add this like herbaceous housemaid Amaro to it. Did you mm. have one of those? Yeah, I did. Uh, my mate who I went with had one uh, and it comes in like a glistening glass green bottle um, and it's described as served as a shandy. And so it is a bit shandy-like, like it doesn't feel too strong. Yeah. And it just comes in this yeah, that beautiful bottle, which is like beaded with perspiration and you can fill up your glass and it's just, yeah, very chic. The food's chic too. Like if you, if you can describe snacks as chic. I think that McConnell has done it and mm. he's he's been responsible and kind of designed the menu with head chef Colin Maines. There's about 10 items or so every day. They're constantly changing, but there are a few that seem to be repeating regularly at the moment. What did you love? Yeah, there's, so there's no kitchen there. So it's everything sort of prepared at the bar. So there's nothing kind of hot or anything. It's all just very sort of assembled, but beautifully. Um, everyone makes a joke there should be a tunnel between Apollo Inn and Gimlet because they're that close, that kind of Wes Anderson style. Maybe they will have one. It's quite retro, um, you know, lots of retro kind of moments. Like there's a prawn cocktail, there's a beef carpaccio on there, creme caramel. That prawn cocktail is so good. Mm. The two sauces, yes. the two different sauces. It's like pristine little prawns, yummy. Yeah. But my, my two favourite snacks, and I think two that are getting a lot of play, like people are talking about, are the potato focaccia. Um, so it's like it's it's like a big chunk of bread, but it's got fontina cheese, heaps of rosemary, salt, and kind of curls of potato on the top, like chips. Um, sort of somewhere, almost like a like a scallop potato. It's so good. Meets bread. It's it's really amazing. There's another one that's very uh, Instagrammable, if you like. It's the tuna toast. Um, these kind of like long, spiky planks of Baker Blue toast, and it's it's spread with sabrasada. Yeah, which is kind of like smoky, kind of smoky cured. Eat. Sausage, like yeah. Nduya, yeah. another one, tricky one to say. Um, sort of that that spicy sausage flavour and then covered with um, beautiful kind of cubes of fresh tuna, which have been dressed and seasoned perfectly and kind of just all glistening on the top. And yeah. it's just like, like, just smash it. I loved <laughs> the scallops. So there's going to be a raw mm. kind of seafood element every day. And these scallops were, they were just, they were pretty simple, just raw, beautiful scallops over ice, but Again, I, I haven't really been able to stop thinking about them and thinking about when I'm going to get back to have them. They were mm. just so sweet and um, it honestly felt like they come straight out of the water and kind mm. of been placed on ice. On ice and then in the shell with this cara cara vinegar just for a little bit of kick, but just, yeah, the elegance of good seafood. Yeah. And, of course, you finish off with the creme caramel, which McConnell says is going to be a mainstay. But again, when I spoke to him, he was like, look, I kind of also have a bit of a thing for profiteroles. So I have a feeling like at one point we might see profiteroles come out. But for now, that creme caramel is this kind of signature dessert. Yes. I, I actually haven't tried this one, but I saw other tables having it and it's it's on the list. This I yeah, perfect it. little block of creme caramel, that that like burnt caramel sauce and a piping of cream. Yeah, it's served in a triangle. I, I did have it. And 
it's so beautiful by itself. Honestly, I thought I don't I don't need the whipped cream as well. Mm. But the, I mean, it probably is ninety percent cream. But the whipped cream's really good with it as well. <laughs> and I was just like, I was like, I'm just gonna, gonna have it. I can just have a little dab of the cream. But by the end, my entire plate was just cleared. Yes, of cream and creme caramel. Mm. Uh, I kind of love that. It's a really kind of little romantic end to the night. Andrew has said as well that this place is not about reinventing the wheel. It's really about focusing on the classics. And I think the drinks menu and the food menu speaks to that. As you said, like a little bit of kind of nostalgia, prawn cocktail, tuna on toast. These aren't things that we haven't seen before, but they're doing it in a way they always put their little spin on it. Yeah. And Andrew has an incredible knack of of knowing what's coming and what's going to be hot, like before you even realize it. Apollo Inn is at 165 Flinders Lane in Melbourne. The hours are 5pm until 1am, but they will soon begin opening a bit earlier on certain days. So just check out their Instagram um, for details on that. Thanks for coming in, Michael. No problem. The Loom's mesmerising new exhibition, which brings First Nations art to life, opened last week. There are nearly 650 works by more than 110 artists in the exhibition, which spans 3,000 square metres and four storeys. In fact, one of the artists was moved to tears seeing it all come together. And we have China Santos from Broadsheet here to tell us all about it. Welcome, China. Thanks, Katja. So for those who might not be familiar with Loom, which is a pretty different exhibition space to anything else we've got in Melbourne, can you just describe what it is and the kind of art you might be able to see there? So it's a digital art gallery. Normally you don't really see any physical art, so none of the canvases, none of the actual paintings or pieces. Instead, they're animated and I guess brought to life in a way through animation. Um, And they're just projected all around the space. There are multiple screens. They've got about 150 projectors. So that's how you get the 3,000 square meters of art all over the space. You're essentially in some ways stepping into works of art because you're so surrounded. And of course, the um, the ceilings are high. These This isn't a small space. This is the kind of thing where you walk in and it's quite grand. So you really are enveloped by colour and by art. Now, this is a really interesting departure for Loom and we'll get to connection um, in a moment. What are some of the artists that Loom has previously hosted in the space? When the Loom opened, the first exhibition was Van Gogh Alive. So it was a lot of Van Gogh's works like Starry Night, all projected around the space. There were different rooms, like a recreation of his bedroom painting. It feels like a lot of European masters have occupied the space. So this is really exciting to see local Australian artists and First Nation artists in the space. You've been to the exhibition, Connection. Tell us what it was like. So you walk in and the first room is just very dark. Um, And in the centre, there's a fire pit. So it's not actually on fire, but they use the same digital art or the same projections to um, recreate a smoking ceremony, a traditional Aboriginal smoking ceremony before you enter into the proper space. So the first room is a bit small. It's not claustrophobic, but it's dark and it's just that fire pit illuminated. And then you walk in and that's when it hits you just how big the space is. All of the lights are on. You've got all of the different colors just playing around. Everything's moving. It's sensory overload, but in a very good way. Yeah. Now, First Nations, Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander art is often using vivid, beautiful color 
and pattern uh, and and point making. I'm assuming that some of the works um, bring that to life on a grand scale. Yeah. So obviously, when they're made or when they're painted, the works are sort of just static, grande experiences, which runs the loom. Their artists are the ones who animate it. So they make the elements on the canvas move. They're the ones that sort of figure out, oh, this is lightning. Let's make it flash. The art comes from the original artist and then it gets handed off to the loom team who make it dynamic. Yeah. Um, And that means paintings of waves get to move and flow and ebb. They've got paintings of leaves that sort of fall through the sky. It makes sense now as to why for artists it's quite an incredible experience to see to see their works take on this other life. There are nearly 650 paintings and other works by artists in the exhibition. You've got Emily Kane Kangware, Tommy Watson, Anna Pajara, Sarita King, Lynn Onis, many, many others. Tell us about the artists that you spoke with who, as you say in your story, had a very emotional reaction to seeing their work. So I spoke to Kate Constantine. She paints under the name Constantina. So her work is mostly neo-contemporary dot art. Um, She's a Gadigal woman from the Yora Nation. Her process is very interesting. So what she does is she starts by painting a traditional landscape. So she paints what she sees as it is. And then after that, she overlays it with the dots. And that's how she ends up making her dot art landscapes. Yeah, and one of her paintings, I think it's from her Nura series, is a massive blue wave. And she said that it was really overwhelming to see that animated and to see the wave actually crashing. Um, Yeah. She was moved to tears. Yeah. She was moved to tears seeing her art come to life. But it was also just from the sheer scale of it. And knowing that it's not just her art, but also the art of so many other Aboriginal artists from different communities and different countries all over Australia, finally all together in one place. Were there any other works or or areas or rooms of the exhibition that stayed with you that you found particularly memorable? Um, There's one room called Emily's Wall. So that one is filled with 53 pieces by... Emily came Kingware. So she was an Aboriginal artist who passed away almost 30 years ago, but today is still considered one of the most significant and prominent Australian artists. So 53 of her pieces are assembled together in this room, in this mirrored room that's got mirrors all along the ceilings, the floors, the pillars. So it almost seems like it's an endless room just of her art that you're stepping into. And that was something that was particularly beautiful. Yeah, I think just the colours that she uses. It's a lot of very soft colours, a lot of pastels. Um, Each painting itself is beautiful individually, but then seeing all 53 together and then almost repeated through those mirrors, it just gives you like this huge grand image of just a lot of very pretty colors. There are, in those infinity rooms, which they're often called, and maybe this is an, an infinity room, the inclusion of those mirrors really does give you the kind of experience you don't get elsewhere. You kind of feel like you're suspended in space. And it is 
the most, I think the word immersive is bandied around a lot these days when it comes to art, mm. but it, you, you do kind of lose yourself a little bit in those rooms when there's mirror and colour and a seemingly never-ending um, space in which you're kind of not only looking at the art, connection at the loom is on now. Loom is at the Melbourne Convention and Exhibition Centre in Southworth in Melbourne. Thanks, China. Thank you. That's it for today. You can stay completely up to date at any moment of any day at broadsheet.com.au or on Instagram at broadsheet underscore melb. I'll be back again on Wednesday. Chat then. Listener.